How hard do you think it is for Matt Frewer, the actor who plays both characters, him and Carter, to be... Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's baked into the first episode. This is not breaking news. I assume This is not breakthrough television. What's up, everybody? It's On Fire Tonight with Josh and Tressa. We are here to talk about Max Headroom, Season 1, Episode 5, War! Uh, Let's get into it. This episode starts, as always, with static, uh and then 20 minutes into the future. Yes. I don't know where we are, but it is desolate. I don't know, factory ruins? Yeah. Industry. A lot of this show was shot somewhere where, like, there are factory ruins. And this woman has a legit camera gun. It looks like a fucking rocket launcher, but it's a camera. It looks like a bazooka. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a blonde woman with what looks sort of like a Michael Jackson red leather jacket. (laughs) They call uh, the little videotapes clips. Yeah. Because it goes into a camera gun. Yeah. This episode was so fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's really all over the place, too. A lot of it, like, it doesn't hold together that well. That's fine. (laughs) But, like, are we going to quibble about that? Nope. Come on. Jesus Christ, you guys. Yeah, Uh, I can't believe how much I, like loved this show as a kid and as an adult i'm like what the fuck is even going on okay yeah but i can't believe how much i'm like this is genuinely entertaining as fuck to me right now also that also that (laughs) probably for different reasons than it was in the 80s but yeah 100 percent all right so we see that woman out in the middle of the fucking wreckage the wasteland Uh It's already a wasteland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like trying to zoom in on something with her rocket launcher camera. We see the Network 23 helicopter mm-hmm. fly by, get like for no real reason with yeah. Carter and Martinez. Yeah. No. And somewhere in a room remote from this are two guys who are scanning the area and they pick up a heat signal. It's from that blonde rad. woman, who we will later learn is Janie Crane. God. She is a new staff reporter with perfect 80s hair. Yeah, she did. These two guys, okay, Dr. Forrester and the other guy called Mr. Mole, because I didn't realize he had a tattoo of a star next to his mouth. I thought it was a giant mole for a very long time. So oh. we're calling these guys Dr. Forrester and Mr. Mole. All right, Dr. Forrester and Mr. Mole are great. They're so great. Yeah, Dr. Forrester is sort of supposed to be like a young cyberpunk, not that smart Einstein type guy. So they're like, ah, it's just a rat. Let's do it. And (laughs) so one of them hits this cartoonishly huge button that's also glowing. And (laughs) how will we know that that's the important button? Put a light in it. A wall outside of where they are explodes in many places. Just like a giant detonation occurs. Which, to what end? Why? Meanwhile, in the boardroom (laughs) over at Network 23, 
there's a big meeting going on about how the fuck do we have poodles on parade during During a global rating sweep are you insane What's the deal with global rating sweeps? Isn't that just a thing that they themselves control? It seems like a thing that they're like victims to rather than the authors of. Well, anyway, we got a guy named Frank who teleconferences in. He's Uh, making fun of them for their stupid programming. And the stuffed shirts in the boardroom are like, well, actually, uh, you know, higher income brackets like to watch dog programs. I like to watch dog programs. And Frank tries to sell them on a homegrown terrorist network slash revolutionaries. It's kind of unclear. Like, we never learn what their goals or ideals are. No, no. They're just agents of chaos. The whole thing was like, hey, we are against some stuff. We're not going to tell you, though. We don't know what that is. We know that they are also after money. Whatever it is that they're against is unclear. Maybe it's structural buildings because they blow shit up. That's exactly what it is. So anyway, Frank works at the ad market, which is basically the stock market for advertisement. Right, right. I think that this kind of is the way advertising works. Where like there's a bunch of people in one room screaming, "Sell, sell, buy, 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 sell, sell." Yeah, the same gotta, guy at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so selling ad space and ad buys is like all that matters. Yeah. Ben Cheviot, head of Network 23, he doesn't want any of that leftover bullshit that breakthrough television. Nah. Like he's not going to take breakthrough television scraps. Breakthrough television is garbage as far as he's concerned. Yeah, they're bullshit. And those terrorists, they don't do shit. They haven't done shit. Who gives a shit? Well, I'll tell you who. The American public, because they just blew up that wall and the other channel was there to capture it. Yeah, we see the detonation occur. We hear the screams of that blonde woman. And then Murray and Fiora, back in the newsroom, mm-hmm. are like, Breakthrough TV has an exclusive. And then Max blips onto the television. He's like, Breakthrough TV? I wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot antenna. You know, His quips are the worst. I used to think that he was the best part of this show, Uh and I actually think he's the worst part of this show. Absolutely, 100%. And they just keep getting worse and worse. And you can actually see it in the characters' faces as well. Every time he blips in, they're like, oh, fuck. Right. They're like, we actually have kind of a half-good show. Why does it all hinge on this dumb thing? You know what? We got buildings that are blowing up. I don't need your (laughs) bullshit right now. Right. They have actual things and stakes (laughs) and characters. Meanwhile, they're a prisoner of this thing that they created that allows them to have the show. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So Carter's like, Breakthrough got that story? Yeah, and someone called in from the White Brigade to take credit for the explosion. It was this guy, Hauser. So they go there. And who, by like, the way, just a note on what this character looks like. He is a 100% a mustache perv <laughs> with a raincoat. He's like a cartoon of an 80s, like the guy that you're warned about. <laughs> yes, let me tell you something. I'm so glad you brought him up. A white blonde um, man with yeah. lank hair. Combed straight Mm -hmm. down. Yeah, respect because we have the exact same hair type. 
and I'm sorry, sir. Um, but <laughs> it's not. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. No, nor mine. But uh, throughout this whole episode, I was like, God, who is that? I know who that is. And then the last like five minutes, I was like, Oh fuck, fuck yes, that's who it is. It's all in the eyes. It's all in the fuck. Hold on. Also, like, using the name the White Brigade instead of the Light Brigade. I mean, because it's the charge, like, the, the detonation is the charge of the White Brigade. This whole show hinges on puns. You know who he is! He's uh, Gowron from, can you see this? Can I can see, see it. From Next Generation, he's the uh, the Klingon leader. He took over from some other guys. And look at those gorgeous eyes. Yeah. Oh, my God. If you want a career in Hollywood, you've got to have the some eyes. crazy hypertensive eyes. Like Peter Lorre, oh. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Peter Lorre. Mm-hmm. None of these guys are Peter Lorre. No. <laughs> Man, that played out way better in my head than it did just now. Anyway. No, that was great. Yeah, so that guy apparently will grow up to be a Klingon someday. Yeah, I'm so proud of him. Carter lands on the scene thanks to Martinez's expert helicopter work, but he gets kicked out immediately by the cops who are like, you can't come in. (laughs) And then Breakthrough Uh, Television arrives by van. Yeah, he's like, look at these losers. They drove here. Yeah, they don't even have a helicopter. Losers. Apparently, all Carter does all day mm-hmm. is have hunches and ride around in helicopters. <laughs> and he lives uh, in the world's biggest apartment. He does. It's like a city block. <laughs> and it's all open floor plan. It's gorgeous. Yeah. So anyway, he gets back to the newsroom. Murray tells him, Breakthrough TV has the exclusive rights to stories involving the White Brigade. Okay, what? I don't. It's like, don't, since when is news entertainment? And Murray's uh, like, since, since it was, it was invented, invented, you dummy. <laughs> I'm glad he said that because doy. Yeah, total doy. It was <laughs> the way he presented that. The way Carter was like, since when is news entertainment? I thought it was going to be like the cornerstone of this episode where it was just like, wow, that's a real think piece. And then Murray was like, uh, always. Yeah, without question. Uh All right. So the boardroom at Network 23, nobody's happy. The head of ZigZag calls in and he's like, I don't know, you idiots with your stupid dog bullshit. Breakthrough (laughs) TV looks very attractive. Not like They don't have any poodles at all. (laughs) Yeah, not your dog horse. They got explosions. And you know what people Uh like watching more than dogs is explosions. I can't see how that's true, but... Later on, Carter breaks this amazing story that ends up whatever. But oh my god, spoiler alert! Carter breaks an amazing story. <laughs> uh, were the board members shocked by this story? Because I felt like they were just trying to buy that thing, or they were trying to be sold it anyway. They have deep discussions about what's right and what's wrong, and they're like, morals are one thing, but ratings are everything. So their hands are totally dirty. So they know that these stories are being sold to Breakthrough. They know that, right? Yeah, because they don't want to buy them. They already are turning them down. They're turning down these same stories. Yes, that was laid out. But when Murray and Carter were like, we got this great story. Turns out Breakthrough's buying these stories. They're like, oh, that's going to be an awesome story. But they think it's an awesome story because it's going to 
fuck breakthrough, not because right. they Correct. didn't know about it. Okay. Yes. Got it. Yes. They're <laughs> having their cake and eating it too. All right. So we see Jamie Crane, mm-hmm. staff reporter and a perfect haired blonde is injured but alive. Yeah. And she gets discovered. Who are the, What's the names of the detonation guys? Mr. Mole is the guy that discovers her. Mr. Mole. That's not really their names. I just That's fine. Them. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Mole is like, hey. <laughs> he, man, he was so crazy. We go to a racquetball game. Is it racquetball or squash? And I don't oh, know what the difference is. I do not know the difference. It sounded exactly like racquetball, but I don't know anything about squash or their similarities. I do know mm-hmm. that my parents growing up were avid racquetball players and they would take us to the racquetball court several times a week to to watch them play sit there and run around the racquetball gym and be bored out of our minds and would you have been allowed to play yourselves had you been interested or were you too young to do it i think we were too young like we went in there a couple times when they were done but overall it was the most boring 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 thing ever Honestly, like, I kind of get why that would be similar but better in many ways than tennis, because it's like you're trapped in a box and you've got this very bouncy ball, so it's not going to get away and you're going to have to chase it. Yeah, fuck that. That's the major thing for me, because I don't have good aim or coordination, so I would spend the entire time, like, running after the ball. Yeah, that's usually what I end up doing in tennis. (laughs) The 80s also just loved racquetball in general. Like, this and Next Generation have so much fake future racquetball. How did they play future racquetball? The room was black. That seems really hard to do. It might have even been a hollow suite. I don't know. (laughs) All right. So, yeah. So Carter and Murray are in shorts, showing (laughs) off their gams, playing racquetball. And Max, because he's got to be there for some goddamn reason, is on a screen in one of the walls. And again, a great example of everyone else that's not Max just fucking fed up with fucking Max. Yeah, it's like... Just shut the fuck up, dude. How hard do you think (laughs) it is for Matt Frewer, the actor who plays both characters, him and Carter, to be... Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's baked into the first episode. This is not breaking news. I assume This is not breakthrough television. (laughs) So do you think it's difficult for him to be like, okay, I'm going to play both characters. You know, I'm going to put my best foot forward with both of them. But (laughs) everything about one of these characters, I know to suck. Yeah. Maybe. Is he really that far from Carter, though? Like, he's just got like a twinge of a little bit more annoying than Carter does. Carter's just as bad. He's just not punny. Well, anyway, they realize... It's like shower thoughts that Breakthrough (laughs) TV is in league with the terrorists. It's like, dun dun. How do they get all of these exclusives? It doesn't make any sense. And they get all of the footage as it happens. They rush off immediately back to the control room where Theora compliments Carter on his legs. And he's like, thanks. Maybe I can see yours too. And then Max is like, I just want to see my own. Which is which? I know we've been shitting on Max yeah, yeah, this whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's honestly pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that was probably the best <laughs> line he's had in episodes. And but... also, it completely deflates the like not 
at all fun flirting that's happening between those other two characters. Yeah, yeah. The sexual harassment at work. Yeah. Well, she, also, well, she starts it. Yeah. So it's still sexual harassment. The beginning of the scene, she's like holding a rose and like rubbing it on her face. And then they walk in. What the fuck are you doing, Theora? And then she compliments his legs and like, I'm going to put this rose back in its face. Let's have a conversation. Theora has a whole what? life that we know so little about. I want to know everything about that rose. I'm going to guess that there were not many, <laughs> if any, female writers on this show. Oh, my God. Because There's no fucking way. There are three women in this episode. <laughs> There's Theora, played by Amanda Pays, and I love her. Yes, of course. There's Janie Crane, who's just an injured princess that needs to be saved, but also... Hard-boiled. She's kind of tough and mm -hmm. she's got her own thing going she's on. She's like, just tough enough. She seduced a cameraman in order to get him to give her the camera gun. How else is she going to get a camera gun? All she has is sex as a weapon. <laughs> but then she's also... she's. She's smart. She's a genius who like was onto this story before anyone. She backed around a hunch. She puts herself in harm's way. She gets blown up and lives. She gets abducted by the bad guys, but then also gets rescued by Carter in the end. Mm -hmm. And then the third woman is Julia, who used to be she, she's like the board member at right. Network 23. And uh, she Chevy and Ben used to have an affair. Formby. Or is it Fromby? Right, Fromby, Thornby. We like we never settled on what we thought I her name like was. I feel like it's Fromby. It's definitely F M B <laughs> because I had the captions on. Okay, so anyway, Murray and Carter are in their shorts. <laughs> they call into the boardroom. They're like, "Oh my god, we just fucking figured out this thing that you guys <laughs> already knew." And the board is like, way to go. Good job, men. They're packaging the terrorism and selling it to an ad market. What? Who could do that? Apparently, that's all there is. I... Yeah. So helicopters into the zone, man. Martinez flying. They find the camera gun clip. <laughs> it's <laughs> one of ours. I will never get over. But why how... is it here? <laughs> Who would ever know? I will never get over how hilarious it is that A, they have a camera gun and B, they call the tape a clip. That will never not be fucking hilarious to me. Well, I mean, you shoot with a camera and you shoot with a gun. Right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Yeah, so Breakthrough Television's ratings are through the roof. Of course. They got the scoop. But Chevio is like, but Carter's better. <laughs> <laughs> and he's on a great story. And it's about you, you dummies. What? Nuh-uh. He can't do that. Okay, Cheviot, why are you doing that? You're playing all your cards. You right. Like and once again, he turns down Frank's offer to sell White Brigade to Network 23. Mm. Carter's got that gun clip and he brings it to Bryce, our only technical expert on anything. I mean, okay, it's 20 minutes into the future. You don't have right. more than one tech guy. The tech guy is an 11-year-old. Right. Dr. Mole and <laughs> Dr. Forrester is carrying Janie somewhere. The, anyway, they analyzed the camera gun clip thing and uh -huh. there's like explosion footage. What? That's when we learn they call in to like who was supposed to be in charge of the camera gun. 
And the camera guy is like, oh, she came over and... She had wine. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? <laughs> uh, so wait, who did you give it to? Janie Crane, our brand new just hired staff reporter. Oh, no. She's probably in trouble. No one's seen her for days and said anything about that she's been missing. Weird. And Carter goes... Why do women do crazy things like that? <laughs> and Theora smiles. Oh, Carter. Why yeah, do we? No, no. She's like, probably because she was way ahead of us on the story. But she got herself blowed up. Well, you know, she's a fucking war reporter. <laughs> she's not even a real reporter yet. And then we got probably the most important thing in this whole episode is just a shot of Carter riding a ridiculous little bike <laughs> into the, like, wreckage zone. It was a scooter with a seat. It was delightful. It's like it has tiny wheels, and to pedal it, you have to pedal. It just takes forever. <laughs> if he had walked, it would have taken less time. Yes, it would have been a lot less energy. It looked like he was <laughs> trying to ride a squatty potty. He looked ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so then we see Frank calls over to the white brigade leader, Hauser. They're doing a story about us, you guys. We got to yeah. shut it down. He's like, Network 23 is investigating. Relax, they don't know where we are or anything else. And we got something real big going on. And Frank is like, I'm a businessman. All I care about is money. You said no casualties. Then Hauser just hangs up on him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Bye. And then he's like, all right, put the girl in the van. We might have to sacrifice her. Whatever, it's fine. Carter has like switched from the bike to foot because like, why was why? he ever on that bike? <laughs> The van passes him, but he's got Theora tracking the van. Her amazing. She's basically Penny from Inspector Gadget, right? She just is like the computer whiz that can like do anything with a computer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's she, no Bryce, but yeah. Right. But like <laughs> she knows how to use the tools. Yes. So she's giving him directions and he's getting further and deeper in. And she's like... Edison, you need to stop. You need a backup. He's not going to do that. He's Yeah, there's Edison. no time. Janie's still in there. Yeah. Right. And as always, everything takes place inside a, an old warehouse. <laughs> he finds a bunch of people and he gets his camera and he pops up and he's like, ha ha, I got you. And they're yeah, like, yeah, I'm streaming live or like I'm broadcasting live or yeah. whatever. And they're like, what? We're just playing with the diorama. Yeah, what? it's a studio. They have miniatures. It's like special <laughs> effects. There's like a whole city block in miniatures and some of the buildings are on fire. Yeah. And the mustache perv is like, I'll show you around. <laughs> He's yeah. like, it's all special effects. We don't have to wage a real war. It's all fake and way more effective. Yeah. And we're the first terrorist group <laughs> to use modern merchandising theory. We work with a broker and he sells and takes a cut. Uh -huh. And he makes some mention like they still have their ideals. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Not they, clear what they would be. Th yeah. I mean, they're still terrorists after all. 
Yeah, and Edison, he's eating this horse shit up like it's pudding. He's like, well, yeah. honestly, it seems sounds good. Like they've got all this crap here. He's a and reporter. it seems like, oh, okay, maybe that is true. Yeah. And so he's back at the. Yeah, but he's, he's like, got... where's Janie? What's up with Janie? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Janie. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hauser yeah. denies all knowledge of Janie Crane, intrepid reporter. So then he's already back at the newsroom and Murray's like, they just let you walk out. He's like, yeah, he wants us to pay him. <laughs> like, apparently Hauser is just like his agent. He's all about that moolah. <laughs> back at the ad market. Cheviot and Formbly, <laughs> fucking lady's name, they're like, hey, maybe we should like buy and sell and sell and buy stuff here. What's going on? And they're talking it up with people going on. Meanwhile, Carter is on the TV there broadcasting about how Breakthrough was faking the attacks and making us all live in fear of these terrorists that don't even really exist. Ben is talking to Julia and he's like, oh, excuse me. I have to go talk to the president of Network 5 about the Bellini package. And a Bellini is just like Prosecco and peach juice. And then there's an explosion. <laughs> Cheviot's fine. But there was a really great shot of a woman who flew and they just show her literally fly across the screen <laughs> in slow motion, screaming the entire time. Was that time. Julia or a different like, woman? No, it was someone else. Oh! Okay. And Julia is laying on the ground. She's knocked out. And Cheviot comes and he's like, I got to move her spine around a whole bunch. Maybe she'll wake up. <laughs> yeah. Real take charge, dude. <laughs> so then Fiora storms into Carter's apartment, waking him up. It's the biggest apartment you've ever seen in your entire life. He's like, what's going on? And she's like, the White Brigade, <laughs> the attack on Network 23, it's all real. No, it's fake. No, no Hauser told us it was fake. fake. And then we've got a Max quip about Chernobyl pops. This is like right after yeah. Chernobyl when like thousands of people had just been killed. Shut the fuck up, Max. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> Back in the boardroom, everyone's like, so Carter's report about that thing being fake was bullshit. But like Murray and Ben are like 100% on Carter's side. Like, well, he's a good guy, basically. <laughs> How reliable is Carter, really? And now because of the attack, Network 23 can't broadcast on their own. They are now leaning on breakthrough television, giving them access to their feed. And Frank had to broker that deal. There's a lot of moving and shaking. Yeah, I mean... Stockbrokers and ad brokers. Broker brokers. And Murray, yep, broker brokers. And Murray and uh, Carter are talking, and Murray's like, man, that house really screwed us. <laughs> and I think he might have lied about Janie, too. What? He lied two times? Yeah, I can't believe that guy suckered us. And I'm starting to think that he might be a liar about other things. What? <laughs> Is that possible? So, like, for the 40th time, we see a helicopter going into the zone. <laughs> the factory zone. Frank calls to Hauser. He's like, okay, like, do your thing, but don't blow up any more people. Yeah. Martinez shows that he's, like, the world's greatest pilot by, like, landing under some, like, pipes. That was a bananas landing for a helicopter. It looked like it was going to hit every single thing it was surrounded yeah. by. He's really good. Well done, Martinez. Unfortunately, no one is there when they get there. 
and then they need Theora oh. to show them where to go. Back at White Brigade HQ, Hauser, Dr. Moleman. What's the geography of this? We got this tower with the big red button. We got this warehouse with the diorama. We got this hallway where they're keeping Jane. Yeah, they're making fun of her, office. and then they just dump her in the field <laughs> and aim a camera at her. Stupid lady. Frank arrives by like a classic Packard. There's like a beautiful 50s car in the background. It's like that whole retro 80s right. thing was, I love it. It's so stupid and I love it so much. It turns out Frank is still against murdering that girl. Why? And the detonation guys, Dr. What's-His-Face. Forrester Forrest. and Mr. Mole. Hauser's like, go, just go do the They're thing. Like, We're too close. Hauser's not listening to him at all. No, 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 no. Dr. Forrester scuttles up this ladder to go detonate something, I guess. Or move the charges, I, maybe. I don't know. And then know, the but, Network 23 chopper, but, they're on to wait, us. But wait, but wait, but wait. As he's going to this detonator, he mumbles E equals MC squared. Yeah. That's all yeah. he says. See, he's like a cyberpunk Einstein. He just mutters equations yeah, like, occasionally. Yeah, that's how he calculates... The distance from an <laughs> explosive device, it's the theory of relativity. Right. How else would you use it? I don't understand. The chopper comes zooming in. Hauser reaches for the button and Frank is trying to stop him. Mole face wrestling with There's both like of them. five people. Yeah. The shot is just Hauser's hand. Just Right. Like almost there. I'm, I'm so close. I'm so close. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. No, you're not. I'm going to hold you back. So am I. You're not going to hit it. Uh-oh, guess what happened? Well, anyway, meanwhile, in the helicopter, Carter's like, Martinez, it's Janie, get down there. And he just hangs out of the helicopter and scoops her up like it's nothing. <laughs> Hauser yeah, hits the charge hair. and the chopper just barely gets away. The white brigade is completely destroyed <sighs> by their own charge. Their own mission. And then going live, Edison Carter introduces Janie as the genius who backed a hunch and broke the rules and put herself in harm's way. And she got and the story. Janie's leaning up against a helicopter and she's, she's like, barely oh, alive. Oh, I can barely stand up. And then Carter's like, and here's Janie to tell the story. And she's like, so today we've got this great story. And it was the goofiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, she flips her hair like it's a shampoo commercial. And then yeah. she does a journalism. And she does the best of the journalism. That's basically the end of the episode. But as always, the episode ends with pointless Max Hedrum thing. In this case, he's sort of an anti-ad man making puns about cars over stock footage of cars. This thing was like an hour long. It was like a video collage <laughs> and it was like a fucking hour long of car puns. And I wanted to fucking write a stern letter. <laughs> but like... What an amazing bind to be in as creators of a television show. The whole thing that sold this show is the worst thing about it. And there's no way you can get rid of it. And you absolutely have to have it peppered throughout. You can't just do like one little bit and that's it. It has to be throughout the episode. And everybody hates it. Everyone involved fucking hates it. That said... I think that mm -hmm. working with that challenge, they still mm -hmm. managed to make a really fun, cool, even though it's like bonkers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And also, I think it would actually be really fun to have that challenge, even if it doesn't always play out great. Right. Totally. Totally. 
yeah, it's like working within a prescribed framework. Whatever it is, like uh-huh. you've got to follow these rules. And one of those rules is you've got to have this one character everyone hates. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense in the story. Usually only talks in puns. He's the fucking doesn't worst. Doesn't add to anything. He doesn't solve any problems. No, not anymore. No, like we sort of ran the gamut of what he was able to do. Yeah. Once we hit the like, point mm. where he charms another computer with sexy talk, <laughs> we'd already hit the limit and gone yeah. beyond. Once he loses his computer virginity <laughs> with another lady computer, it's over. <laughs> uh, it's all megabytes and RAM. lots of ram so guys it's been an amazing episode that's all the time we have for this one thank you so much for joining us we'll be back with more please join